Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Coming up this week, a woman is suing Disney because they claim they stole her life story for the movie Frozen. Uh, the disability lawsuit against Disney gets moved from uh, California to Florida. And our good friend, attorney Jack Bergen, is going to be joining us to talk about both of, both of those stories. And in our segment this week, we're going to reveal the results of our month-long poll on the best resorts at Walt Disney World. All that coming up next. From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, <clears throat> episode 744 for the week of September 30th, 2014. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. It is great to be back after a month in Europe, uh, and uh, couldn't be happier to be back. I'm very jet-lagged, though, so I make no promises about how the next hour is going to play out. We are coming to you live from Orlando, Florida, the Bob Barley Studio. And I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, John Magi, Kevin Close, Kathy Whirling. Oh, my God. Jenny <laughs> Lynn I know. It's, I, just, I just drew a complete blank. Jenny Lynn Knopf. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I'm, I told you I make no promises for how this, how this hour is going to go. I am so out of it right now. Back in the production, look our producer Dustin West, along with associate producers Craig Williams and Sean Thompson. And uh, most of us have been traveling. Craig and Sean were out in California for the last week, and of course, John, Kevin, Dustin, and I were in Europe for like seven and a half months. Um, but had a great trip, had an absolutely trip. incredible, incredible trip. Best ABD trip I have been on yet. It was my sixteenth one, and. Uh, that's because of uh, Mr. Close over there doing an amazing job setting up that uh, that itinerary. Thank you. And uh, we're going to have we're going to do a whole show on it in a couple weeks. But uh, had a great time. Had a great time. A little challenging getting back because I was flying Air France, and uh, their pilots are on strike, so fifty percent of their flights were canceled, including mm-hmm. mine. And they moved us over to British Airways and. Once we got on the plane to Orlando, it was fine, other than the fact that our bags arrived a day later than we did. Um, but getting on that plane in Gatwick was, I've never moved so fast in an airport in my life. We were delayed getting out of Venice, and we had like 35 minutes to make our oh, connection. Wow. And if you've ever been through Gatwick, I had no idea Gatwick was this big. I'm not exaggerating when I say I'm pretty sure we had to walk a mile from the gate that we got out of the plane from Venice on to the plane, the gate we had to get into to go to Orlando. Even though they were technically in the same terminal? They were technically, you know, because mm. the, the guy from Air France, when he rebooked me on this flight, was saying, oh, both flights are in the north, north terminal, so you just need to switch gates. Okay, you didn't tell me that I was going to have to, like, hire a Sherpa right. uh, to get me to that <laughs> gate. And that I was going to have to go through security again, even though I never left a secure area of the oh, airport. Wow. Um, to us a couple, in a couple and, of foreign destinations. I mean, frantic. And then, of course, Dustin gets uh, flagged for uh, random screening. Yeah, random. So they're going through, <laughs> going through his stuff, and I'm really 
I was saying some really choice things walking through Gatwick Airport. Um, I can't repeat them on the show. Did we fly into Gatwick on one trip? On a, on a uh, London-Paris trip. And, then and you- we parked at Gatwick. By the time we got our luggage and got to the, uh, where we were supposed to meet the people who were picking us up, we caught them leaving. And we said, where are you going? They said, well, we didn't think you showed up. It took you forever. Uh, that's because he doesn't have a handicapped parking sticker. I mean, we're, we parked. I wasn't sure we were even still in London or in England. <laughs> when we got there, what was really weird was there was nobody where we got off the plane for a very long time. It was like the Langoliers had been there. It was like everybody was there. I kept thinking jewelry. that. It was like the Langoliers. Yeah. The Langoliers. Wasn't that the weirdest thing? And yeah. for the longest time, we didn't see anybody. Yeah, Gatwick you just is walked a weird down this airport. white wall. It was very, um, hell. The pod doors are open. Exactly. And it, we just walked through this white hallway. Well, right. And every time you turned a corner, there was another, another three and a half hallway. mile long white hallway. <laughs> and that's when I started screaming at the top of my lungs, how bleeping <laughs> long does it take to get to a bleeping gate in this bleeping airport? There was also, get out of my bleeping way. <laughs> yeah, that was a cool day. The litany of hits, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, I had the cane with me too, so it was. I was ready to. I was ready to start clearing people out of my way, because what? Ha- I mean, what is it? Brain damage upon entering the airport for people? They just mm-hmm. kind of walk around in a daze, or they get right out the gangway and they stop. I got nowhere to go and all day to get there. Right. You know, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. But we made it home, one piece. Really glad to be home. But an absolutely amazing, amazing trip. Um, Lord, it was incredible. So let's get on to housekeeping. we got a few things to talk about. Number one, I want to remind everyone about the Arizona and Delaware uh, Diz Meets, the Arizona Meet, coming up in a few weeks. Uh, the Delaware Diz Meet happening the first weekend in November. We'll have links to that and everything else we talk about on our show notes page, disunplugged.com. Um, I didn't get uh, Disneyland If you notes. go on to the next housekeeping, I'll have it after that. Okay. Um, want to uh, let everybody know that uh, the Golden Girls from the New Jersey uh, Diz Meet are, have put together ornaments uh, to sell to raise money for Give Kids the World. They're all handmade. Prices are ranging from 7 to $10 per ornament, including a new Diz Unplugged ornament. Uh, 100% of the proceeds go to Give Kids the World. Uh, the Golden Girls are donating all of the supplies themselves and... Uh, they're going to be delivering ornaments to the Delaware Diz Meet uh, or to Podcast Cruise 5 coming up uh, November 30th to help people save on shipping. Uh, you need to order by October 11th. If you want shipping before December, we'll have a link where you can order those ornaments on the show notes page, disunplugged.com. From what I understand, they're already selling really well. Really? They've already sold, I believe, at least $300 worth of ornaments. Nice. Yeah. Nice. They're very nice ornaments. Cool. I think it's a really good idea. It is. It's a very creative idea. And coming up uh, this week on the Disneyland show, uh, the team helps Brian from Mississippi plan his first Disneyland resort vacation, and Tom and Michael talk about their experiences at Mickey's Halloween party at and Halloween Horror Nights uh, in California. So that's what's coming up, uh, and you can check that out at uh, disunplug.com. Look for the big green icon for the uh, Disneyland show, or you can also uh, go onto iTunes and subscribe there. And that's every Thursday. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to go see, oh, see all our friends in New England this weekend. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Both of them. <laughs> <laughs> the people who say they're our friends. That's right. That's right. 
Um, that's what I have for housekeeping. Anybody else have anything? I do. Okay. I have a very exciting announcement. Okay. Even Pete doesn't know about this one. <laughs> nope, even Pete doesn't. I love when I find, about, I find out about things live on the air. It's so much fun. <laughs> we had a great deal of success with our San Francisco Disneyland mashup for ABD. And we have been working with D- ABD, and they have given us another date. Now, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you saying? Second date? A second date. Are you kidding? Nope. They were willing to do it for us again. Wow. Combine San Francisco Weekend Adventures by Disney Trip and Disneyland Backstage That includes trip. the trip to Napa, the guided tour of the Disney Family Museum, and the private tour of Lucasfilms. <laughs> and then we move on to Disneyland for a regular ABD. Now, the first one coincided with the 60th anniversary. Right. There's only one of those. Uh, this one is August 1st through the 9th, and it is available. I have 30 to 35 spots available. The cost is $5,295 per person based on double occupancy. Children are 5029 And if you're a single person looking to travel with us, it's $7,419. We have not contracted for this date yet. If you're interested and you're hearing the show, I need you to send me an email. However, I only need you to send me an email because I've already given you the details of it, August 1st through the 9th. I've given you the pricing. If you're interested, all we have to do is I have to wait for John to build this in our system and sign the contract with ABD. So I really kind of need to let you know if you're emailing me, it's because you're looking for a spot. We're going to do the same thing we're doing over again. This is an amazing trip. Uh, one of the things I can tell you is that their ABD is really good. They set up internal air from San Francisco to Los Angeles for our first group that's traveling in July. They told me that the air was going to be 100 to $150 per person, and that's a one-way trip, San Francisco to Los Angeles, and we're all traveling together. Excuse me. I, <laughs> I know. It's cool, right? Uh, oh, you guys are already booked, and you don't even know it. Um, your airfare is already booked. Uh, So if you want to take this trip, again, the big deal is that uh, the the big difference is that we're not going to be in uh, Disneyland for an anniversary. The first trip is on an anniversary. This trip is opened up to us, and I have a feeling it's going to sell pretty quickly. So if you would like to be booked, $5,295 per person, per adult, based on double occupancy, and then 100 to $150 for internal air. That price does not include the internal air. On the July trip, that air worked out to be $135.10 per person for that one-way travel. ABD will handle all the luggage at the airports and whisk you off I'm to the I'm so hotel excited about that trip. So if you want to go, um, I'm not going to hold spots. If you want to go, once we get this set up, I'm going to send you an email, and you're going to have to make your deposit. I need to know this as soon as we can because ABD is asking us to make a decision. This is another opportunity. So So it's Kevin at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com is the email address. And uh, I talked over you. Do that again. I'm sorry. Kevin at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Is the email address. And I would just let them know, too, what the deposit's going to be. The deposit will be $300 per person, and your final payment will be due 90 days before departure. So July, June, May. May 1st, give or take a day. If you want to go, this is your opportunity. ABD doesn't do these trips for other people. 
this is a way to combine the two of them. Yeah. Very excited. I was very excited to get the email yesterday. Now, Are I you guys going to do both? Probably. Probably. We okay. haven't really. I mean, Me. it's kind of far out to really. You're going to do both, too? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. We're gonna so, Kevin and John and Pete and Dustin are going. So, there you go. It's an opportunity to catch up and see this. I have uh, about 300 people who I will eventually re uh, contact. But if you're hearing it for the first time, this is your opportunity. And as always, we plus these trips. We do special things for these trips. Um, Kevin always comes up with a cool gift for people. And Well, uh, Kevin outdid himself on, on this Italy trip because this Italy trip was not the regular Viva Italia. Kevin completely customized this trip for us. We deconstructed everything <laughs> and put it back together our way. Exactly. And I got to tell you, best ABD I've ever been on. I know I'm basically tooting my own company's horn here with that, but he did just an absolutely ridiculously good job. I changed everything about the trip. We say a different hotel in every city yeah. than that average ABD. Kevin picked, handpicked everything. He handpicked everything. Took out all the stuff he knew he didn't want to do. That's right. And, and added stuff. Added stuff. People did want to do. So, so uh, I don't have, I can't tell you what's going to happen to these trips. There's a, a dozen trips between now and then. But eventually we will start working on those. Uh, we usually do something special for our guests in Disneyland. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested, I would hurry only because it's going to sell out again. And I have to say that for as much of an issue as I've had lately with ABD's management on the back end in terms of the changes that have happened over the last year, um, it is not evident at all on the ground. We had the best Guides. In fact, for me, uh, Dusty Atha, who was our guide, I'd had him as a guide in uh, uh, the Mediterranean when I did the ABD add-on for the Med Cruise a few years back. Uh, best guide uh, adventures by Disney has. I think he's the best one. Um, incredible. Incredible. Um, after he got home, he was done. He was done. And he found out that my flights had been canceled and he was on the phone with ABD. Uh, trying to make sure people, everything was coordinated. We'd had a couple of people on our trip who um, their flights were canceled, and they had booked through a third party, as opposed right. to I didn't with, book through ABD either. Right for my air, and he worked. They both worked tirelessly with the third party to yep. get the flights changed yep. for people. So, um, on the ground, ABD does wonderfully, and it's my understanding that these two trips are very sought after. The guides are looking forward to these two trips because they are so Dusty unusual. Dusty already put in for a request to be our guide. That would be so cool. Yeah. So I just want you to know that these trips don't exist outside of Dreams Unlimited Travel and the Diz. This is where you will find them. So I am done touting this. It's, I was very excited to come here today with another date. This opens it up to a whole new group of people. I'm excited. I'm excited to do it again. I haven't checked my email, but I imagine there's stuff already in there. <laughs> so... All right, great. Thank you, Kevin. Anything else for housekeeping? All right, then let's kick it over to Johnny with the news. All right. Our first news story. Chicago firm may debut, may debut new restaurant in Disney area. A Chicago restaurant group planning its entry into the Orlando market may have its sights set on the Walt Disney World Resort area. Gibson's restaurant group, which is quietly setting the stage to open a new Orlando area restaurant in March, reportedly... I can't talk. Reportedly, could be going into Disney Springs, 
the revamp, revamp of downtown Disney, according to the Orlando Business Journal. The group's best-known restaurant is Gibson's Bar and Steakhouse, a popular high-end eatery that has three Illinois locations. A representative from Gibson's couldn't be reached for comment, while a Disney spokesman said the company had, quote, nothing to announce. Um, the Orlando Business Journal goes on to speculate that if the uh, restaurant is to open in March, construction has to begin soon, but most likely it will be part of the landings area at, at the new Disney Springs, uh, since that will be the first new area to open. I think this would be an excellent addition to downtown Disney. Oh, Are you familiar with the, 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 the restaurant? I'm not familiar at all, but I think one of the things that would be a boon to that area would be a high-end steakhouse. Mm -hmm. I agree. I don't think you can have enough high-end steakhouses. No. Um, I don't think you have enough steakhouses, period. Personally. I also think high-end restaurants fit in that area really well. Yeah. And there's not a lot of them so far. I don't know if they consider Wolfgang Puck high-end, but I don't. So, <laughs> but I, I have never eaten upstairs. Upstairs is nice. Never I mean, been up there. It's a nice experience. But um, Great food, great service. Is Portobello, that's considered high-end, isn't it? What about I think they probably Fulton's? do. What about Fulton's? I've never eaten at Fulton's, but... Fulton's has high-end prices, yeah. but I wouldn't consider, I wouldn't consider it a high-end experience, no. no. I mean, this feels more like it could be, you know, a date night restaurant type mm -hmm. of thing. Something that would be a very special occasion restaurant. So I think it would fit in well. Okay. All right. There we go with that. <laughs> and then that happened. <laughs> All right, our next news story. Disability access lawsuit against Disney transferred from California to Florida. The California Federal Court granted the Disney Company's motion to transfer a disability access lawsuit to a federal court in Orlando. A federal court judge in Los Angeles has agreed with Disney that the DAS lawsuit should transfer venues to the federal court in Orlando uh, Disney asked for the change in venue because the DAS program was primarily designed by employees at Walt Disney World. In addition, 24 of the 26 plaintiffs were not residents of California, and half of the plaintiffs resided in Florida. Many of the claims allege violations of Florida law because they arose out of the visits, out of visits to Walt Disney World. The witnesses needed to refute or establish these allegations are more readily able to give testimony in Florida. The ruling did not address the plaintiff's motion to add additional plaintiffs. It appears the federal court in Florida will be the one to rule on the motion. Before we get into a discussion on this, let's get ahead to the next news story, and then we can bring Jack in okay. to talk about both of these. The next one might be my favorite news story ever. It's really <laughs> I think I have to read it slowly and enjoy it. I may need a cigarette afterwards. <laughs> Woman, sues <laughs> Woman sues Disney claiming movie Frozen was based on her life story. A $250 million lawsuit has been filed against the Walt Disney Company, claiming that its mega hit Frozen stole directly from someone's real life story. <laughs> <laughs> Isabella Tanakumi who also goes by L. Amy Gonzalez. Okay. As you do. <laughs> as, as it happens. <laughs> has filed a lawsuit claiming that Disney's animated film about Princess Anna, her magical sister Elsa, and their talking snowman Olaf took elements from her 2010 autobiography, I'm a Freaking Lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean living by truth. <laughs> I misspoke for a minute. Court documents obtained by E! News include a list of 18 quote-unquote frozen elements that the, uh, the uh, ladies claims were plagiarized directly from her book. These include the fact that both stories have two sisters, a village, betrayal, open doors and gates, <laughs> and the moon setting. Because all of these things are unique to her life right, alone. No one else has ever had open doors or a moon. <laughs> In a village. In a village. <laughs> the documents also note that the author not only seeks damages to the tune of the $250 million, but also that Disney, quote, cease and desist from any and all sales, distribution, and marketing of Frozen in any media Because <laughs> that's going to happen. Right. Uh, Talk about pissing into the wind. Does this lady have the ability to freeze things? <laughs> going to say. Or a talking reindeer? Uh, there's a whole bunch of other silliness in here, but uh, Disney, of course, is saying that the animated blockbuster is loosely based on the Hans Christian Andersen fairy tale, The Snow Queen. I'm filing my lawsuit against Disney next week. Are for you, what story is based on? Well, your I have two sisters. Well, I've, I've, I have two sisters. I've been betrayed. Uh, I've been through open doors. And I I've think seen it should be a set. class action suit. So, yes, yeah, yes. I mean, I, clearly, I can open this door for you. Yeah. <laughs> I have an open gate in my backyard right now. I know that they took from that. From Frozen. Yeah. Frozen took from that. Yeah, I'm suing. But I thought the comment from Disney spokesperson was was pretty funny. Um, the email response to E News was. This is beyond ridiculous. She needs to let it go. <laughs> I'm really surprised no one at the table made that comment. <laughs> but uh, as I said, as I mentioned earlier, our good friend, uh, Attorney Jack Bergen, is uh, joining us via Skype right now uh, to talk about this. Uh, and I understand, Jack, you, uh, you feel pretty passionately about uh, at least one of these stories. Well, I can feel passionately about both. Uh, like I told Dustin, I think yesterday when we were talking, I'm almost rooting for if it means Maelstrom doesn't have to go away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So you're upset you know, about it's Maelstrom? Kind of like, it's kind of like removing Figment. Oh. Oh, now, now, now you're personal. <laughs> no, it's, uh, this lawsuit is, she filed it by herself. She doesn't have an attorney, at least at the time she filed a, the lawsuit. I've seen references in news media. Now she has an attorney. Uh, but there's just all sorts of problems with this. I mean, copyright law for the Frozen lawsuit just doesn't really give her much of a leg to stand on. Your discussion shows it. Uh, you can't copyright ideas or plot themes. And, and, you know, the fact that there are two sisters in a book is so common you can't copyright it, that they have a falling out, that one injures another. None of that is subject to being copyrighted. What about uh, the open doors, though, Jack? <laughs> well, That's very specific. You know, but, Jack, actually, you know, um, my first thought in reading this was that, um, you know, assuming this woman is not certifiably insane, uh, she might be very smart in that she's getting a lot of attention for this lawsuit, which is probably going to translate into book sales. I was also going to mention, too, and I didn't because I didn't want to give her any more publicity she's apparently working on another book mm. and that's mentioned and i thought i don't even want to i don't even want to read it's that. about her sister the mermaid <laughs> <laughs> well, no her brother the, the car one of the more entertaining things as a matter of fact is if you go on amazon her her book is selling on kindle the kindle edition for two dollars and 51 cents uh and before she filed the lawsuit she had one review by somebody from her home state who had the same last name as she does, and you know, read that what you want. 
But uh, after the lawsuit was filed, she's received nothing but negative publicity. Oh, okay. Uh, and so if, in fact, I, I agree with you, she filed it for the publicity, it seems almost certain. Uh, but I think it's kind of backfiring on her. And I know marketers say there's no such thing as bad publicity. That's not true. But, yeah, yeah, the, the comments are not kind at all. And if, and if you know Amazon, and, and, you know, there's a whole groupy section of the Internet that likes to go online and comment on Amazon sale things, things for sale on Amazon. So you can have a pair of underwear for sale for $10,000, and it's, it's put up there solely so people can make all sorts of absurd comments. <laughs> and so that's what's happened here. The people are just merciless to her. Uh, in their comments. Well, you got to put yourself out there like this with something like this. This is what's going to happen. I was just right? going to say, I kind of want to be merciless too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, you know, her biggest problem legally is she doesn't say in the complaint or anywhere else how Disney got access to her book. Uh, in a copyright lawsuit, you've got to show somebody copied. The fact that somebody composed something word for word identical is not enough. Now, if something's widely publicized, Stephen King's The Stand or something like that, for instance, there's kind of an inference that, that you had access. But she's got to show somehow that, that Disney even had access to her book. Uh, and for a publication that sells for $2.51 on Amazon, that's not going to be easy to do. Yeah. I just had a thought. This isn't the first time this has happened to Disney, right? Wasn't there something similar that happened with the Nemo story? Mm, where they were accused of copying some kind of Japanese tale about They've the fish. Been, I mean, I think virtually every successful Disney animated film that's come out has come under some kind right. of copyright uh, mm. copyright attack by somebody saying they stole the idea from me. And I've heard, you know, stories about you know Japanese stories being copied and other stories being copied. Um, well, this this isn't even the first one for Frozen. Remember that whole animated short about um, somebody yes. did a like a, a an independent animated short about a snowman, and so this is not even the first one about Frozen. And it's you know look, it, it's now you know what the third biggest selling movie uh, box office uh, film in history, uh, and when you're making that kind of money. You're a target. You're an instant target, and people want oh, yeah. a piece of that. Jack, I have a question. Do you think yeah. Disney will even bother fighting this, or is this one of those things they'll just let it fall by the wayside? And you I know you were going to go for it. We I were decided all not to. I, I pulled back. Um, will they just let it fall on its own and not respond to it, or do you think they're going to spend money to actually defend this? Oh, they'll actually spend money to defend it. They'll come out pretty hard. I mean, if they came out hard against the the uh, children that have autism and, and learning disabilities, they're going to come out even harder on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- their response will probably be to file a motion to dismiss or even to transfer the venue. It was filed in New Jersey. And, you know, obviously Frozen is showed in New Jersey. And she did manage to sue the intellectual property subsidiary of Disney. So the court probably has personal jurisdiction. But there again, I checked the docket the other day. She's not, she has yet to even serve Disney with the lawsuit. She may never serve Disney, in which case she didn't, they don't have to respond. She's gathered the publicity. I mean, I set up a Google alert for any time a Disney lawsuit is mentioned in the news media, and boy, this one has achieved a <laughs> lot of publicity. Wow. So 
she may have achieved her goals. But if 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 Disney served, they will respond, and uh, you know, file more than likely file a motion to dismiss because. One fatal element is that she doesn't say how Disney learned of her book in the first place. Hmm. Interesting. It would so, be different. If, I apologize. It would be different if she sent Disney a copy of her book. And for consideration. She, in consideration, and then she would say, "Look, you, I sent this to you, but just reading, just because her book is published, doesn't mean anything." That would show at least some access. But there again, there are plenty of lawsuits where. The fact that somebody sent a, a, a recording, for instance, to a record company doesn't mean that there was infringement. You still have to show, uh, you know, that the works are substantially similar uh, in, in certain elements beyond the plot ideas, which is all she's alleging right now, that you took plot ideas. And, and I've got to say, when you look at the list of plagiarism summary that she's attached to the complaint, they're so general in nature that that none of these could be copyrighted her best argument is somehow that the two suitors hans and christoph i believe are the suitors in uh, in uh, frozen are the same names that she used for suitors for herself uh which is you know it's a coincidence i'm not even sure it's true because if you read the amazon summary she mentions somebody else entirely and so you'll look at the work as a whole and uh, if there is access, you would look at the work as a whole to see how similar the two are on non-basic plot ideas. Hmm. And what about the uh, disability access lawsuit being transferred? Is this something, obviously Disney wanted this. This is obviously something in their favor. Um, what, what's your take on this? I think it's a, a good move on the court's part. Uh, there's a popular conception that courts in California favor the uh, person suing. Uh, if you remember from the Segway lawsuit, Disney lost uh, uh, kind of a high visibility appeals uh, on, on in one case uh, because the court took a really favorable view of, of what the ADA said there. And so I think in Disney's mind, they'd much rather be in a favor, more favorable venue, Florida, than California. Uh, Florida courts have a reputation for being more conservative. Now, that having been said, Disney had very sound reasons for asking the case to be moved. Uh, I think it shows that, that in fact, it was the plaintiffs filing the lawsuit in California that probably was a bit of a stretch. Because Mm -hmm. when you read the complaint, so many allegations concerned cast members who worked at Disney World. And so to to really be able to depose them, many of whom, uh, you know, are no longer employed by Disney. Uh, I mean, for all we know, Greg Sean or Dustin could be deposed. Uh, and so if with people still sticking around in Florida, it just made a lot of sense to go ahead and uh, move the case to Florida. So now, Disney had good reasons. Now, Jack, just refresh everybody on this case for those who may not have been following this story. Obviously, uh, your blogs on this have been remarkably popular. Our most popular blogs uh, of the year so far, actually, are the ones you've written uh, on this on this issue. Just uh, maybe fill everybody in on the backstory a little bit so they know. Well, of course, what last October, I think, Disney changed officially from the guest um, assistance card, which was popularly viewed by a lot of people as a front-of-the-line access card, and it was being abused by folks who would hire people with physical disabilities so that they wouldn't have to wait in line. 
So Disney decided to change their policies so to create the disability uh, access card, I think. I'm not sure exactly of the terms. Uh, and by doing that, people who have disabilities and can't wait in line are given a return time, kind of similar to FastPass Plus at, at Disney World. And they're told to return, and supposedly, the, the idea at least, is that they'll be uh, you know, put on the ride at, at about the time they return. Well, the, the, the plaintiffs in this case are largely people who have emotional disabilities such as autism and things like that who say their children cannot wait to get on the ride. And so they want the something similar to guest assistance card that basically let them walk up to the ride and immediately get on with a minimum of weight. Uh, one point I made for the, uh, the lawsuit is that they're, they're uniformly claiming their children uh, are experiencing meltdowns because they, can't, they just are not capable of understanding why they can't get on the ride immediately. I think the, the amendment that they, they are asking the court to adopt uses the word meltdown 691 times. Oh, my wow. God. Uh, that gets to be a little bit of a, an extreme, I think. Isn't I think. that a little hyperbolic, do you think, for a court filing? Well, you would think so, yes. I mean, it's a 334-page amended complaint, mm. not including the original claims. These are additional people that, that, that want to be part of the lawsuit. And so uniformly, they're saying their children are experiencing meltdowns because they're having to wait. So that's, that's in a nutshell, the... Uh, the, the complaint. Uh, and if you look at the court's decision, the court in California that, that, that granted the motion to transfer went right down the line with Disney's reasons. Uh, I pulled the Disney's, Disney's filing and, you know, it was, look, it was designed by people in Florida. A lot of the witnesses are in Florida. And even to the point that by itself probably wouldn't have been enough. But, but the compelling point for the court in California was that so many of the plaintiffs, the vast majority of plaintiffs, either live in Florida or live in the southeast. And so they and their doctors, uh, or their kids' doctors at least, are going to have to be deposed to determine the degree of their, their uh, impairment. And, and so all of that would be much more convenient in Florida than California. And you feel that this was, do you, do you feel that this was filed in California initially because they felt the courts in California would be more favorable to the, to the plaintiff? Yes, very much so. And yes. so? That's, that, that's that Disney said as much in its, its filing. And they, don't, they didn't know why the plaintiffs filed in California other than the perception that Californians would be, California courts would be more inclined to give them what they want. How do you think this is going to end up playing out? Are you willing to, uh, you willing to make a prediction as to where Disney, how Disney is going to fare in this? Oh, you mean on the merits? Well, you know, first off, I think the court's probably going to grant the motion to amend in some way. I also think the plaintiffs will probably take out the people that went to Disneyland and complain about treatment at Disneyland and refile that in California. And they'll, California courts tend to resolve things faster than Florida courts. They have to. They have too many complaints right. in California as it is. So if they can get a good decision in California, they'll try and use it in Florida. That having been said, to be honest, that Segway decision I mentioned was actually fairly favorable to Disney in terms of saying... If you have a disability, you have the right to full and uh, equal enjoyment, not preferential treatment. 
And so, as I've been saying, I think in, in several blogs, the real question is, are they asking for preferential treatment, something that nobody else gets in the park? You know, I would love to go to Disney and not have to wait in line. We all would. But that's not the reality of going to Disney World anymore. Right. So I'm very skeptical as to whether the court's going to agree with these people that that they're being discriminated against. Now, are these people looking for monetary damages, or are they just looking for consideration when they're in the parks? Um, a little bit of both. Part of the part of the inflammatory comments that Disney's objected to are made because they're not just suing for disability discrimination. They are they're suing for that. And under federal law, uh, you don't get to recover money for disability discrimination. Under California law, you do, but it's capped at, I think, $4,000 per violation. Florida law, which would govern the claims that arose in Walt Disney World, doesn't provide for any damages. Uh, for claims of this nature, as far as I can understand. But then they're also suing for for less defined claims, what we call common law claims, that Disney intentionally injured these people oh. uh, and negligently injured these people uh, with various forms of conduct. I mean, they, they, the complaint is sensational in alleging that cast members rudely treated these people. Uh, and I think Disney's point in wanting the case moved was, we're going to need these people to explain what really happened, the cast members. Right. And so uh, by having it in Florida, the cast members, at least the ones at Walt Disney World, will be much more readily available. Um, do I think Disney will try and settle? Uh, it's too early to tell. They've come out swinging so hard that, that perhaps not. Yeah, my guess is that I don't think they're going to go for a settlement on this. They're... Uh, uh, I, I think they have very, personally, I think they have very sound reasons for why they made the changes from the guest assistance card to the DAS. Um, and it was being abused, plain and simple. They had no choice. It was being abused, and it was also untenable. There were so many people getting these guest assistance cards. They had to change it. They had no choice. Right. It was messing up the operation. Um and, you know, I, I've said it a million times before, um, there are n- any number of places you can levy criticism at Disney. Really hard to do it in terms of uh, how they handle guests with disabilities and the lengths that they go to that far exceed what the Americans with Disabilities Act requires them to do. And so I don't blame them for I don't blame them for for uh, going after this coming at coming at, at this hard obviously they have to watch the perception that they're attacking children with disabilities right uh, in the process so there's the PR fact in this but um, very interested to see how this plays out and I, I think a, I have a question Jack is it possible that out of this the port the courts can influence Disney policy that somewhere online they can legislate that Disney change their policy if it finds in favor of the plaintiffs yeah, well, that, that's primarily what these people are asking for, is to, for the court to order Disney to go back for guest, to go back to what their perception of the guest assistance card was for their children. Uh, by and large, you know, they're claiming that the ADA requires them to be given near immediate access to the parks or to the, the attractions in the theme parks. And so in that sense, the court could, but to get there, they would, the court would have to find that Disney discriminated against these people because their children have disabilities. 
And I, I don't I, think that's possible. I really don't. Yeah. And, and understand, you know, this is not a class action. Uh, one of the smart tactics you use when you're defending claims like this, where you have multiple uh, people that are suing for their own individual claims, or you know, in this case, their own children's claims as well, uh, is, is you, you pick and choose the ones that are the most problematic, and you might settle with them. So that if, in fact, you had a cast member who went rogue and and uh, did something discriminatory or, or that might could be deemed as infliction of emotional distress, which is, is those are not easy claims to, to prove, by the way, uh, then they could settle with those, get them out of the lawsuit and fight the rest. Couldn't Disney argue that they've basically solved this with the Magic Bands, that you can make an appointment for any ride you want to go to with minimal weight? Well, of course, they could in, in Walt Disney World. Uh, magic bands don't exist in Disneyland. But That's as true. far as uh, the interesting thing was, the complaint was, as originally filed complained. It was filed before Disney added My, My Magic Plus to non-resort uh, uh, staffs. Right. And so one of the allegations in the original complaint was they wanted to be able to use the magic bands. Well, Disney's done that now. Now you can. The lawsuit hasn't been withdrawn yet, though. Well, I have a, I have a feeling this is not going to be the last we hear uh, on this on this topic. It's uh, it's always an interesting subject, and I appreciate you uh, being available for us last minute. Uh, Happy to do it on this. Always great to see you, Jack Jack Bergen. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, that's going to do it for the news, and we're going to move on to our caption this for this week. Now, I understand we did have a where in the world that never made it up on Facebook uh, last week. Am I correct? Yep. And so we're going to. Yes, you are correct. We are going to. We'll put the. Because people were asking where in the world is the where in the world. Um, So we'll put that up this week as well. Um, But uh, we also have a caption this. We have a picture that Dustin took on our ABD trip of Kevin, um, which I think is a great picture of him. Oh, I do too. I like that. It's a great picture of him. And. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I thought uh, that would make a good caption this uh, for this week. So. uh, I'm so handsome. You are. <laughs> the camera loves you. That's right. Um, we, did, we did put the Vaseline around the lens. Um, uh, the Lucy and Mame thing. Yeah, uh, exactly. Lit from the bottom. Is a, is <laughs> um, so you can check that out on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash disunplugged. Leave your caption and we'll share it next. Uh, we'll share it next week. Right. We'll have the results next week. All right. And uh, let's move on to Rapid Fire. We're going to get ahead and start with Johnny. All right. Disney Cruise Line has extended their $50 Disney Visa shipboard credit promotion with some changes. Uh, If you're not aware of this, if you use your Disney Visa card to fully pay for your Disney Cruise Line vacation, you would get a $50 Disney, you get a $50 shipboard credit for your sailing. Uh, Starting in 2015, though, the $50 shipboard credit can only be used for beverage purchases. In the past, it would be for anything, merchandise, uh, shore excursions, things like that. Now it can only be used towards beverages. Uh, One of the things that's a little bit tricky about this is it has to do when you pay your balance. Right. If you pay your balance full with your Disney Visa card before the end of 2014, you still get the shipboard credit on every purchase if you pay it in 2015 then it's only on beverages okay 
Is there any explanation as to why they're doing this? Because they don't need to do this stuff anymore. People are, are filling those ships. So all these benefits are going to slowly be taken yeah. away. And this is just one of those things where they take a little bit more away and a little bit more you know, away. You got to wonder if, you know, the meeting when this was decided, did anybody say, why are we telling people what they can, what they have to use their shipboard credit mm-hmm. for? Um, probably because the one place that's probably the highest profit margin for them, right? liquor, is liquor. So what about people who don't drink? Right. Are they discriminating against me because I don't drink? You can buy one of those cases of water that they sell in the beginning. Yeah, exactly. I guess <laughs> that's it. Cases of whatever, 12 bottles of water. For $8,000. Seriously, they're really expensive. Just want to let people know that if you do book your vacation through Dreams Unlimited Travel and you are eligible for the Disney Visa Shipboard Credit, you can combine this with our Shipboard Credit, and we don't care what you spend it on. Right, exactly. Right. It can be as creepy as you want. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for me. All right. Thank you, John. Kevin. Uh, my rapid fire is that Pandora and Disney have decided to join forces. Uh, it will uh, the new. Sure. Good. Excellent. Well I'm said. done. Thank you. That was it. <laughs> Everybody. Wasn't that picture nice? <laughs> I'm going to start again. Pandora and Disney have joined forces, and there's a new collection of Disney beads coming out November 1st. The This was just announced at an uh, event at Walt Disney World and Disneyland. It's part of a 10-year partnership, so you're going to have 10 years to buy your beads. Um, <laughs> beads. It's, there's going to be 25 at first, with it, plus an additional 16 pieces that will only be available at Disney Parks, Disney Cruise Ships, and at Alani. So, um, sorry, my nose itched. There's going to be 25. I think they're kind of cool. Yeah, that was the picture that was up. That was the picture. So, that for was people up. who don't know, like me, Pandora, I guess. It's a charm bracelet. It's a charm bracelet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can buy uh, different charms to go on the bracelets, and they have a few different. This is a Pandora bracelet, actually. Oh, okay. But most of them are much nicer. They're silver and shiny and, and pretty. Oh, we buy Kathleen a Pandora charm every place we go. Kathleen has an entire bracelet of our vacation. <laughs> <laughs> All the places you haven't been. Right. Well, Johnny, I, think, Kevin. I think that's very sweet of us. I, I don't know what's wrong with that. The nice thing is that pretty much everywhere around the world has embraced Pandora, so you can get an Eiffel Tower Pandora, you can get Hawaii-specific Some Pandora. people do color, um, a specific color, you know, bead. Uh, Purple beads, you know, you can do purple and silver. You can customize a bracelet to your specifications. And now that you have one, that, ones that are specific for Walt Disney World, I think people are going to go crazy. There's a couple other pictures in there. Did you get those other pictures? Um, I don't think so. You yelled at me for using too much ink. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, wow. it's going to do very Sounds well. Like <laughs> I, uh, I once one, did a... Mickey. There's, uh, those what, are the nice. Camille, Camille Camille, bead? That chameleon, chameleon, I think, yeah, is whatever. what it is. Camilla beads. Yeah, There's those things called troll beads. Um, they are, all have the general idea. However, not all beads fit all Pandora bracelets. Right. That's, you have to be careful because there are different kinds of bracelets. These are wildly popular. Yes. We have a store mm-hmm. in Florida Mall that just sells Pandora beads. Um, we have been in places all over Europe, and they have Pandora stores. So these are across the world and I have a feeling these are going to do very well I think they will I know a bunch of people Mm -hmm. who would love a Pandora uh, Disney Pandora bead on their bracelet now depending on what material you can make or you purchase the sterling silver ones usually run 40 to 50 dollars a bead yeah wow Mm -hmm. we were in Germany and found 
a castle bead that was $600, but it was gold. Kathleen didn't get that one. <laughs> we have, I have one that's uh, the cruise ship. And I think it was sixty or seventy dollars. Wow. Well, they're sterling silver, so it's not yeah. you know. Okay. It's not like they're made out of plastic. And most so, likely, they'll be sold in the like the deluxe resorts on property. That's where they sold the. It's is it Camilla? Are we yeah, saying this right? Yeah, I think yeah. this. That's where they sold the Camilla bracelet. I'm sure. I'm sure this is property. going to Camilla right out of those resorts. Probably. Um, especially if they are licensed to buy Disney and things like that. But there are going to be 16 you can only buy at those specific locations. The other 25, I imagine, will be available other places. Okay. Thank you very much, Kevin. Kathy? Mine is they're um, changing the monorail schedule again. They're still uh, working on it. They're doing some automation upgrades. So the new um, schedule that took place on the 27th is epcot is open the monorail runs from 8 a.m to 11 p.m or one hour after the magic kingdom closes whichever time is earlier the resort monorail now runs from 7 a.m till one hour after the magic kingdom closes and the express monorail now runs from 8 30 a.m to one hour after the magic kingdom closes so they've I'm trying to look. Uh, the express monorail, that's rather late. seems to me it used to be like 7 o'clock. Okay. If you're trying to get to Magic Kingdom at 9 o'clock in the morning, taking the express monorail at 8.30, that's sort of late. But they're adjusting it. They're probably going to adjust it a time or two more before they're all done with this. So it's going to run better once it's all done. So we'll see. Cool. Thank you, Kathy. Miss Jenny Lynn Up. Um, I have two. So the first one is that Cirque du Soleil has a new dining package available, and uh, you can go to dinner before or after the show. And the restaurants that are associated with it are Wolfgang Puck Cafe, Planet Hollywood, and for whatever reason, Splitsville, mm. as in the bowling, bowling alley. alley. Okay. I, the only time I've ever been to Splitsville was to eat. So I, it is the good fact food. that they have bowling is... It is I don't I guess I guess a lot of people feel that way. Um, I mean the food is good. I just wouldn't have thought of that as a I'm going there as a destination eating thing, but uh, I guess I'm in the minority. So you purchase a ticket for 6 p.m. and that includes your entree, a dessert, and a non-alcoholic beverage. There's two categories that you can buy for this package. Category two is $99 for adults, $89 for children. And category one is $119 for adults and $109 for children, children being between the ages of three and nine. And the dates for this are starting today, September 30th, and running through November 1st, and then November 6th through November 22nd. All reservations need to be made before 4.30 p.m. or after 8 p.m. And uh, you can do that online, or you can call this number, 407-939-7328. What do you think is going on September 2nd through the 5th? I have Who knows? no idea. But... I have noticed there seems to be a lot of promotions and specials over the last year for Cirque du Soleil. Um, I get the feeling that they're not not filling their theater as, as well as they, they used to. Is it time for a new show in there? That mm-hmm. might be the case. That's what I was wondering. If maybe I mean, just a lot of people have seen the same, it at this point. It has been the same show for... As long as it's been there, yeah. right? I think it's more than 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... You know, I wonder if it's just not time for a new show. Actually, let's make that our poll question. Okay. For this week, we need a new poll question. Now that the resort one, we got an extraordinary response to mm-hmm. the resort uh, poll, and 
very interesting results that Dustin's going to have for you on that. And we also forgot to pick a winner for this week, so we'll do that and announce that next week as well. But that'll be our poll question for this week. Uh, is it time for a new Cirque du Soleil show? Um, I'm not a fan of Cirque du Soleil. I've never seen it. I've seen, what did we see in Las Vegas? Uh, was it O? El Crapo. Well, oh, you loved it. You loved it. You dragged me away from a winning blackjack table to go watch freaky French clowns drive massive bicycles. It was like an acid trip. Um, I'm just not a fan of it. I'm just, you know, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just not my taste. If you, um, um, I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, if you can ever like look it up on YouTube, or if you have the album, just look up Patton Oswalt's take on Cirque du Soleil. It is the funniest thing. It is funny. Ever. <laughs> I I've seen several Cirque du Soleil shows, and in my opinion, Lanuba yeah. is far and away the best. I think really? you should see this one. You really should. I actually went and saw O and thought, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they called it O. Oh. Oh. Um, you really should see this one. This one is the best out of all of them, and it's really worth seeing. I'm not just saying it's the best of the worst. It's really a good show. But if you've been running a show for 10-plus years, you know, at some point, don't you have to change it? Well, also, when you start running specials, like, if you have elbows, you can get 10% off. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's time. All right. Thank um, you. Well, I have the one more. Oh, okay. Um, and we now, it's now official. The Canadian Lumberjack Show is coming to Epcot because Off Kilter is being replaced. And that is going to be starting October 5th. So... Kathy, are you happy about this? Yay for lumberjacks. No. No. But the lumberjacks are going to be wearing... That's a bitter no, too. (laughs) The lumberjacks are going to be wearing kilts. That's a... a, I don't really want to talk about this, no. (laughs) No, Um, you know, I've been accused of not liking change, but... uh, (laughs) No. (laughs) No, it's not true. So, I don't know. Based on the number of people who went to see the last shows of Off Kilter, I still think there was a, a need for people to see that, you know, entertainment. I'm not so sure there's going to be that many people that want to go see a lumberjack show. People used to lay in... Don't remember when people laid down in front of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride? It, oh, yeah, they were... Yeah. They, like, chained themselves to fences and yeah, stuff like that. Look, I, I don't particularly have a problem with them changing out these things. I was never... You know, I don't consider myself an off-kilter fan. I didn't dislike them. I just, you know, always thought it was cool. They had live music. But is is this about money? Oh, I think that's what it's yeah, all about. Probably. It's not that these acts got stale or they thought they were going to give us something better. It was the bottom line said a lumberjack show is much cheaper than... I, I remember hearing a few years ago from someone uh, who works in uh, entertainment at Disney what those musicians are paid. Um, and it's good. Oh, I'm sure. It's yeah. very good. Uh, I was stunned. It's union, and there are certain levels they have to, you know, certain rules they have to follow. And uh, I'm not saying they're not worth every penny uh, <clears throat> or more, but as soon as I heard this, that was the first thing that went through my mind. Um, is that is this about, you know, because they're not musicians, they're replacing them with lumberjacks. Yeah. Um, this is not to cast a big bang. You don't have that much cut when you negotiate. Yeah. I mean, a contract is a contract, and every year they probably ask for a little more, and they probably yeah. get a little more. And then when you have four or five performances a day for right. five or six uh, performers, that adds up really quick. Were there that many people there yeah, for the last? Yeah, Disney's doing real well. Oh. They can afford it. Yeah. Were there that many people there for the last yeah. show of Mo Rockin'? Oh, for that, probably not. That just makes that just makes a clump. I do have to give Disney credit though. Come on, let's they're putting in a lumberjack show. We might as well put in people like doing my lawns. 
You know, I mean, yeah. come on. What other yeah. menial well, labor can we have make a show out let's of? See it. Let's see it before we judge it. It may oh, end no. up being incredibly entertaining. Silly man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's judge it before I that they hope there are chainsaws in the Lumberjack show. Because nothing's more fun walking around World Showcase than chainsaws. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how it is. But uh, very interested to see. I, like I said, it, it, I know people were very upset about this. Not nearly as upset as they are about Maelstrom. Um, you know, we were kind of watching with awe from Europe how that was unfolding on the site and on the boards and on Facebook uh, with with Maelstrom. Um, well, I know a lot of people that um, plan vacation trips to come down to see Off Kilter. Now, are there going to be the same number of people that are going to plan their vacation? I think you're talking Jack? about a super micro niche. Uh, well, but you know what I mean? How's the Lumberjack show going to go over? I mean, I might be sitting here next year at this time saying the Lumberjack show is the best thing that Disney ever did. I Maybe doubt it. her panties up on stage. <laughs> you know, I just, you know, and, and if this is going to start in another... What's that? <laughs> I heard it. If it's going to start in another week, where are they going to put the Lumberjack show? I don't even know what a Lumberjack show is, so I have nothing here other than to... I can tell you it's starting October 5th. At least it wouldn't be too hard for them to like tear the thing down. They've got chainsaws yeah. and axes and stuff. <laughs> Maybe that's part of the first show. Maybe they're yeah, going to put really. them in that Millennium Village tent. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Jenny Lynn. Dustin. Okay. i got to get myself together. Sorry. Uh, I have um, some uh, changes to frozen merchandise locations at Disney's Hollywood Studios. And uh, what's happening here is the Legends of Hollywood in uh, the studios has been transformed into a frozen store. And uh, Wandering Oaken's uh, trading post at Hollywood Studios it has moved to the old AFI uh, showcase, which was, um, excuse me, at the end of. Uh, uh, the Backlot Tour, which is obviously uh, now closed. So it's just more and more locations, uh, bigger space for more Frozen stuff. Um, and I want to say thanks to uh, Nikki Mancini, who gave me those rapid fires when I couldn't find anything else. Because I said I had nothing, and she had like 18 suggestions. <laughs> I don't know where she gets them. Um, but yeah, just uh, uh, more more Frozen merchandise availability at Hollywood Studios for those who want to like spend money. AFI Showcase. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Dustin. Greg. Uh, <clears throat> starting uh, yesterday, the Disney's Ma uh, Behind the Magic of Our Steam Trains uh, special tour, it's it's closed. Uh, it will be until November seventh. Um, there's no reason why, but because the train's down. Okay, there you go. Well, there's the reason. There there's go. the reason. Also, Cuisine is closed. Because mm -hmm. the train's down. Because the train's down. <laughs> no, because their food sucks. And Moroccan's gone. I'm a rockin' squad. I'm never going back. Yeah, really. Never stepping foot in Epcot again. The end of my childhood. All my favorite things at Disney are changing. <laughs> I'm a rockin' cover band. It's ruined my life. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Craig. Sean. Uh, all right. The uh, dates for the Osborne Family Spectacle of Dancing Lights have been announced. They're going to run from November 7th uh, through January 4th, and they run from uh, dusk until park closing. So I know last year there was some speculation that maybe last year would have been the last uh, run of these these lights, but thankfully they're, they're back for this year. So until they make any decision with uh, the Streets of America, I think we're good. However, with uh, backlot closing and... Uh, yeah, it's Potentially not. even Lights Motors action. I think that this might be. This is the last year. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. enjoy them this year. It's a pretty good run. So it it's was. a beautiful show. They're going to take the lights <laughs> out and put it in a frozen store. <laughs> <laughs> well, even even if they, you know, even if they take down uh, the back lot and LMA, you know, that, you would see like 
big scrims and so it would be ugly so i can't yeah. imagine they'd do it again yeah they'd have to they'd have to um so yeah i think uh, this is the last i my, that's my my feeling is that this is mm-hmm. the last year for osborne at least for the full show um so but i'm sure they'll come up with something else yeah. you know they, they they draw too many people into that park every uh, every every holiday season to see osborne lights I'm one of them. It's my favorite holiday thing there. It, it is. is mine too. It is so, but I understand. You know, they they have to do something in that park. They're gonna have to. They, you know, we know they're getting rid of backlot. We know they're getting rid of LMA lights, motors, action. It makes sense that New York Street or Streets of America, whatever, is going to go away as well. Um, I wonder how many people are going to chain themselves to lights, motors, action. <laughs> I don't think we're going to have that the problem. People that work there. <laughs> I don't think we're going to have that problem. But, uh, all right. Um, that is going to do it for me for this week and for this episode of our show. We hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned. Coming up next, Dustin is going to reveal the best resorts at Walt Disney World. It's great being back, everybody. We'll see you again next time with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Bye. Bye.